This Icon Podcast is hosted and sponsored by Sphere Rocket Virtual Assistants, a leading provider for your virtual assistance and outsourcing needs. Owned by one of the top-ranking EXP agents, Justin Nelson. Sphere Rocket VA provides a one-stop virtual staffing solution for business owners, and we specialize in helping business owners grow their business by leveraging through virtual assistants. Trusted by the top names in the real estate industry like Kyle Whistle, Andrew Franklin, John Kitchens, and many more. Get ready to up your success and we'll help you achieve your business goals. Book your free consultation at SpearRocketVA.com and find out how we can make your life easier. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Icon Podcast. Special 99th episode of the Icon Podcast brought to you by Sphere Rocket VA. We have Jonathan Green with us. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, super excited to get to know you, Jonathan. And I guess the best place to start is all the way back at the beginning. So who are you? Where are you from? And how did you find yourself in real estate? Uh Great. Uh, so I grew up in Brooklyn Heights, New York. Uh, I've lived all around the places, but I grew up uh, as a child uh, going to foreclosed homes with my dad. My dad was an attorney, which is my prior career as well. Uh, so I grew up in and around real estate investing. So I've been investing my whole life. I've been licensed for now probably close to 10 years. Um and uh, it's been an interesting ride. I think when I got my license, I already knew a ton about real estate. So it was a little bit easier for me to transition into real estate um, than others who come in without a full background. So that's how I got into it. I've been through other careers uh, as an attorney, of course, for 10 years and then uh, in the art world for six years and then in teaching and then into real estate. Okay, really cool. Uh, kind of been all over the place, but in the best way, which is awesome. And Jonathan, you know, how did you come across EXP? So real estate has been in your life for a while now, but how did you find EXP? You know, what stood out about it? What drew you here? Uh, I was actually the third agent in all of New Jersey. So I was pretty much on the OG track in the original days. Uh, at some point I left and then I came back uh, and I came back because I frankly can make the most money and run the best team at EXP. I have a lot of leverage to run kind of like uh, a mini brokerage under mm -hmm. the umbrella of VXP. And because we're efficient and streamlined in our team organization, we don't really require a ton of support, but EXP provides that on the back end when we need it, but gives me a lot of freedom to do what we want and to, you know, coordinate our double branding, uh, but to make more money here than anywhere else. I've worked for three other brokerages and my agents can make more money on the team as they use the trickle down of the growth of the splits and the caps uh, on teams. Absolutely. That's super smart. You like the scalability, you like the flexibility that EXP has to offer. But Jonathan, what makes you say, I love EXP and I'm never leaving this place? <laughs> Uh, never say never to anywhere. I think that's the <laughs> easiest thing to say. Uh, I mean, right. to me, brokerages are uh, an umbrella. So, you know, for someone who runs a team and teams, you know, run at a higher leverage percentage of profit than brokerages, it's a different concept. So for me, um, you know, I like, again, I like the freedom that EXP provides me. Um, but, you know, all brokerages have upsides and downsides depending on what type of agents you're bringing in. And I think that we've just maximized how EXP works inside 
So we work with whatever system we're working with, and we've definitely learned how to use the resources that are provided and then, uh, you know, to do the scaling inside of the brokerage. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Jonathan, like we talk a lot about the scaling and, you know, all the work that can be done with the EXP and, you know, building your personal brand and so much more. And obviously you're busy and you went to law school and you're changing careers and you're probably building a downline and you probably have a team and you're probably selling crazy houses because that's why you're on this show because you have enough production to be an icon agent and so on and so forth. So Jonathan, you know, how do you take care of yourself? How do you make sure that you're not experiencing burnout mode and you've got a decent work-life balance going? Great question. Cause I did reach burnout mode at another mm-hmm. brokerage with another team and left the business for a year because I structured it incorrectly under the wrong brokerage. And oh, yeah. it was, uh, yeah, it was too much. I mean, I wasn't practicing what I will tell you would be my core things then. And then after I came back, or while I was off on the break for a year, started meditating. So my day involves meditation, reading, uh, learning, which can be either a ton of podcasts, obviously, that I listen to, um, doing master classes, uh, and anything that will make my mind move. And then, you know, writing and quiet time away from real estate. I do a lot of walking aimless walking, I call it in nature. Um, But you know, real estate's a hot button business. So you do have to be on all the time. I've just created a way of a mindful approach that maybe doesn't make sense to other people. But I don't answer my phone. Like no one can call me, I will never answer unless I know that the call is coming and it's on my schedule. And that's because I'm a business person. And I'm running a big business. And when people call me, they're calling me on their time, but I can't take calls on their time. I can only take calls on my time or it will throw off, you know, the, the way that I set my schedule. So, um, you know, I definitely run at my, uh, in my own little diagram of how I like to do things, but it, it definitely works and it keeps me more mindful and attached. And now I know I can run, build and scale without, uh, falling apart. And I, I've built out much more support on this team than I had on another team. So, uh, we're leveraged pretty well for me to eventually be out of production, but not now. And what a unique boundary to have, you know, in an industry where you feel like you have to always have your phone, um, you know, on your hip attached to you all the time. Like, hello, you know, you want to sell your house. Great. I'll be there in five minutes. And well, uh, I text. I'm okay. a phenomenal okay. texter, maybe like ranked number one <laughs> texter in the world, but uh, wow. it's be- it's because I can text while I'm doing other things. And, and to be completely <laughs> honest, great. everybody knows this almost everything that somebody's calling me about, I can answer in a hundred times less time via a text. So my message says, don't leave me a message. I'm not going to listen to it. Just send me a text. (laughs) So if somebody sends me a text, I can usually answer it. You know, in real estate, a lot of people, uh, to me, one, phone calls are undocumented. They're not recorded. So there's no Mm -hmm. way to verify what was said on the phone. So for me, I prefer text and email. So I have a visual uh, recollection of what happened. If I do take a phone call and there's things on there that I think may need to be addressed later, I follow up with an email to make sure this comes from my legal days. But, you know, there can be disputes in real estate or just, you know, minor disputes and transactions. So I prefer to have everything documented so I can screenshot, send it along. It always ends the conversation right away when you have uh, proof of something. So it's not just a time thing. It's also a proof thing. But overall, I don't enjoy being on the phone. And I find that almost every phone call I get, like I said, I can answer via text in less time. So I pretty much only talk on the phone when I'm in the car. That's when people 
can set calls and I'll be there. But I do Zoom, just to be clear. Any client who wants to do either buyer's consultation, investor consultation, or talk about a listing, we just preset the Zoom or I'll preset a phone call. But it has to be on my schedule because I work pretty regimented on what's on my schedule. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know why people, some people find that odd, but when people call you, they're demanding that you speak to them on their schedule. And that's not mm -hmm. how it works for businesses. So, Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, you, you've made everything more efficient and also less uh, risky and prone to liability by just doing texting. And I think yep. that's great. And, you know, if you're somebody listening right now and you're like, man, I don't even have enough time to field these phone calls. Maybe take a page out of Jonathan's book and become the world's number two texter because Jonathan yep. is can't number be number one. one. Exactly. Can't beat me. Can't <laughs> beat me. I'm too good at it. Yeah, I'm too good. Too good at it, but you can be number two. Okay. Yeah, for now. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome, Jonathan. Good boundaries to have and um, a great way to focus. So anyway, brings me to my next question, Jonathan, and we're going to focus in on the icon award. So, you know, Obviously, the production you have to do in New Jersey is going to be different than somebody in Los Angeles, California. So I would like to know, you know, in just basic numbers, you know, an idea of the production you had to do to hit icon in your market. Yeah, well, um, my team runs differently. So mm -hmm. my all my agents, I have 30 agents on my team. They all put all the deals in their own name. We're still tracking how many deals. So Last year was our first real year as a fully formed standard team. We did 142 transactions and about 900K in GCI and 38 million in, in volume. But now it's April 12th and our closed and pending. We're already at 29 million in volume and 667 in GCI and 74. Uh, so we should be close to doubling our numbers. Um, I never really track the... I don't watch when I'm going to cap or when I'm going to icon because I just know it's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. I'm always focused on running the team. And then when I get the note, oh, you reached icon because that was the first time because I was gone for a while. I was like, oh, that's, I mean, that's nice. But uh, I mean, I'm different. I don't, I don't obsess on my downline. Um, I have to get my agents focused on their own business. And then when their business is good, then I can help them you know, with how to use their downline and what's the best use of the time. But, you know, for me, if I'm running a team, some of them, a lot of my team's not in my downline. So it's more important for me for them to be in production uh, mm -hmm. and doing their production to the max, which again, you know, does make me the most money, but it makes them the most money as well. Absolutely. No, that's a great point. And um, staying focused and really just doing your job and icon just comes naturally, which is a uh, good point. But, you know, also to be an icon agent, you go through a vetting process. And part of that process is to make sure that you're giving back to EXP community. So Jonathan, you know, how do you give back to EXP? Are you a mentor, coach? Do you vet other icons? What's your avenue? Yep. I'm running uh, six icon classes this year for that requirement on the education end. I think we're doing uh, how to be an investor friendly real estate agent, which is my mm -hmm. expertise since I've been investing my whole career. So the six classes actually all run the same, but you run the same class six times different inside mm -hmm. EXP world. So I can get my uh, avatar garb on and hop in there. I think the first one goes off uh, later this month. Um, so that's my educational content. Um, mm -hmm. But I've done other things in the past that I would probably 
qualify for some of the other endeavors. I mean, EXP now works with New Story, but I've already uh, done uh, uh, built a home for with New Story, like I don't know, probably eight years ago. Um, and I also work with Give Back Homes, who was the original conduit to working with New Story, and we built uh, several homes. I did a trip to Tippy Top Nicaragua with them, built. Mm-hmm three homes in three days. And I think that's another way of figuring out how real estate works when you get out of your little bubble. Uh, it makes it a little bit easier to come back and understand you know, how well our, our lives are running here. Wow, three homes in three days, that's... They were small. <laughs> still, <laughs> From... still. I mean, I yep. know obviously they don't have to be three to five bedroom and seven bathroom. No, homes. no. It's no, we were actually... The the homes in Tepe Tapa were only three walls. So we mm-hmm. built on the fourth wall and then built a room onto that, which was the interior bedrooms. Uh, mm-hmm. So we did that in three different locations in three days. But yeah, you have to stake the ground and build the foundation from scratch. That's really cool. Okay, awesome. So, you know, uh, what do you like focus on in the lessons that you're teaching in EXP World? What are some just brief teasers on what you're going to go over this year? Uh, I mean, so if you look at your regular business as a real estate agent, if you're just talking about your traditional buyers and sellers, you know, uh, buyers are going to buy and then they're going to sell in seven to 10 years the home. So that's one deal every, you know, maybe two deals within 10 years. If they if you do the follow up, if you don't do the follow up, you're just getting a buy deal. They're never going to call you back because you didn't follow up and build that relationship. When you work with investors, a a good investor is going to do six, 10 deals a year. Because that's only three properties if you work with flippers. So you're going to find three properties, buy them. They're going to flip them all. Then they're going to give you listings. P.S. Those are all good listings because they're flipped. So you're looking at brand new listings. So investors are the ones who provide that kind of constant source of business. So every agent should have an investor in their uh, database that they can rely on and that they can go do work for. Even if you're a part-time agent, if you say you could literally just have one good investor, you would need zero other clients. And what we're always looking for as agents is, you know, more leads, more leads. It doesn't work like that in reality. It's good for me as a team leader because I can give all these leads uh, to my team members. But, you know, investors are really the way that you can make consistent business. Imagine just working on only finding properties off market and on market for one investor, you know exactly what they want. If you find what they want, they're going to pay the money. You're going to get the deal. You're going to be able to vet the deal. Um, But you do need to have the skills to go into the field and off market, on market, know how to assess rehab costs so that you can talk the talk with investors, which again, makes it much easier for me. It is definitely harder if you're brand new to scale into that, but Mm -hmm. you do have to understand what they're looking for. Investors do not operate like regular buyers and sellers. They already know 100 agents. So if you just send them MLS listings, they don't care. Um, So a lot of what will go on in the class is that. I hope that's the class I'm teaching. I wish somebody could pop in and remind me. Yeah, I think that is it. It probably is. (laughs) Well, hopefully. And uh, I guess we'll find out. If not. Yeah, we will find out soon. You don't have to to say you were wrong for teasing that. You could just say (laughs) it was a plot twist. You know, you never sure saw right. this class coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's okay, Jonathan. That's really cool. And, um, you know, to kind of top off your version of uh, the Icon Award, you know, what benefit did you really enjoy most and take away from it? Was it the fact um, that you got a really nice, shiny glass, beautiful, gorgeous <laughs> award? 
or was it, there. you know, $16,000 in stock? Or is it the fact that you go to go to EXP con and shareholders, you know, what benefit do you really oh, have about the well, it's Yeah, it's definitely not the last one because I'm an introvert. I'd rather never go to an event in my whole life, which makes it unusual for people to say, well, how do you do so much in, in real estate? Well, it's yeah, because I, totally. I have, I create boundaries that work best for me. I'm very good in person. I just don't like big groups. So I'm great okay. at listing homes, selling homes, but um, I'm good at presenting at, uh, at major functions, which I've done a lot. I just don't want to talk afterwards. I want to go back to my room and be left alone. So, uh, but that's the, the reason why it's like that is because I'm so focused in business and my life. Um, and I need the downtime to be at my personal best. And if I don't do that and I were to go over on the social aspect of like events, it takes a lot out of me. I'll be down for a week after that. Introverts do not react well to, you know, four days of all talky, small talk and events. So, you know, um, I was talking to uh, Sphere Rocket, our sponsors, about maybe something we could put on at those events, right? And uh, maybe like just like an introvert room. Nap lounge. In and <laughs> just give me a pod to decompress in. But I think yeah. that's what people forget. Not everybody uh, who becomes an icon is a high D. I mean, I, as a team leader, I am a high D on the disc, but generally I'm actually a C as a regular agent, you know, so um, that fits with introverts uh, going to be analytical and compliant. Um, that, that's mm -hmm. how I run the team as well. Um, and it is nice to get the awards, like I appreciate them, but it doesn't really adjust anything that I do. I don't really, you know, wear it as a badge of honor. Although, of course, it's stuff like that going to go in my signature because it, it, mm -hmm. I did something. Um, but I wouldn't make Icon without my team. So, you know, for mm -hmm. me to be able to get the award is really a product of myself doing good business, but also me training my team to do good business and them doing the work themselves. Absolutely. And Jonathan, you know, for any newbies that are out there watching and they see this big shiny icon award, but they're new to EXP, right? And they're seeing all these different avenues to take like, oh, 150 hours of training a week. Oh, you know, building my downline. Here's this creating leads, whatever it is. What is some advice for them when taking on the icon award? Is that something that's even achievable and, you know, something they should set out for in their first year where some, you know, downfalls that you maybe had when going for the icon award or what are some tactics that you had that really helped you excel towards the icon award? Well, I mean, that's a great question because I, I never, I didn't even think about it. And I think that I, it's good to have goals but my goals are to be a good real estate agent every day and to help clients. I never think about the sales. I don't, I don't think for one second about the commissions. I only worry about helping the clients. And the more that I help the clients, you know, with real honest advice, the more we end up with a, you know, treasure trove of referrals down the line. So I think a lot of new agents get into the business one thinking like, Hey, real estate's easy. Let's just do the side hustle. It's not easy. And if you don't try or you don't put the educational aspect into learning about real estate, you're going to mm -hmm. fail. I mean, it's why most real estate agents fail. And if you have commission breath, which what we call it, you know, you're chasing a commission, you will not be focused on your client. And that can be hard if you need the paycheck. But to be a good real estate agent, you have to be client focused. And I think the hardest part for a new agent at a cloud brokerage like EXP 
is that we don't have offices, which is great for me. I have no interest in an office, obviously, based on what I said. But I do feel like the, the most important thing, if a new agent says, eventually, I want to hit icon, whether it's this year, or next year, is to build as many relationships as possible. I think that's the most important thing across all aspects of life and definitely inside brokerage, outside brokerage. Do you know the co-agents in the area? Do you know your other local EXP agents? Do you know if there's teams in the market? Are there connections that will help you do open houses? And I think you can do all that through workplace, but it's very important to use workplace as a conduit to real life. You know, now that it's COVID safe and we're not in the box, um, there's just too many people who think that the leads are going to fall from the sky they're going to become icon agent. And then they're disappointed after a week when they don't have five listings. So mm -hmm. that's why I would say don't, don't over plan. It's like when one of my agents said, I want to do, you know, 60 transactions. And I said, well, you know, you did four last year. So let's not be crazy. We're not going from four. If you do great job, but first you have to do all the things that I'm trying to hold you accountable to doing, which is your goals. So a lot mm -hmm. of people like to set large goals, but they don't take the baby steps. So my favorite book is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. My team reads it. It's just baby steps. And I think mm -hmm. if you're a brand new agent and you want to reach Icon at some point, all you have to do is do the baby steps every day. Are you making your calls? Are you building relationships? Are you following up with your existing clients? Are you meeting other co-agents at other brokerages in the area? You know, and mm -hmm. are you talking the talk of a real estate agent? And when somebody comes to you, are you saying proudly, yeah, I'm a real estate agent, you know, with EXP? Or are you saying it sheepishly like, oh, I'm a real estate, you know, who yeah. wants to work with someone who's not even proud of what they do? So if you think of it as a random side hustle, everybody's going to know that you have to think of yourself as the boss. You know, that's why you got into this and out of the nine to five rat race for a lot of people. But you need sure. to own that. But you got to do the work if you want to get there. And I think most people, uh, no, not most, but a lot of people uh, these days looking for hacks. So give me a life hack. Give me a real estate hack. How do I get there quicker? You don't, you just do the work, you know, do absolutely. the work. That's so smart, Donovan. You're absolutely right. Do the work, get in there, um, you know, cater to your warm leads, invest in those connections that you have and uh, don't expect leads to, call, to just fall from the sky because it's not what's going to happen. They and, may fall you know, from the sky, but they're going to be expensive. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nothing, everything is at a cost, uh, no matter if, even if it's monetary or whatever it is, it comes at a cost. And, you know, Jonathan, were you ever skeptical of EXP? You know, obviously uh, you made the jump and with great mm -hmm. risk comes great reward and we're doing good now. But were you ever on the other side of the fence seeing the greener grass and, you know, hearing the things in the industry that EXP is a cult and it's a pyramid scheme and yada, yada, yada. Well, here's the straight truth. I mean, I when I was the third agent in New Jersey, uh, mm -hmm. nobody knew who EXP was, but the model was attractive to me. So I went over uh, and we definitely, you know, had trouble getting people to understand it. But during that time, I realized that the brokerage aspect is not as important as people think it is or for more for newer agents. But, you know, I'm me. If I'm good in person, they don't care if I work for EXP or 123 ABC. It doesn't really make a difference. I'm a good agent. But what I did learn is that to set up the structure that I wanted to, I needed to do it under a brokerage that would be uh, acceptable to the way that I want to run a team. Um, so when I left, uh, I went to a big box brokerage, which was a little mm -hmm. too hoity-toity for me. Uh, you know, micromanaging everything I did. And I needed to come back to a place that was more of a safe landing space for me. And that's why I came back. So um, 
the the honest truth is exp's outward reputation is earned by some out there there's plenty of ways to do downline some are doing it mlm style nobody can say that they're not it's just correct it doesn't mean that all of us are so for me as a team leader and somebody who recruits you know for my team at exp it i do have to build around that it has to be a dialogue that you understand and where you stack up against other brokerage and why we're not mlm and why it's okay to say look some people do use it at mlm but they're making money so if someone wants to come here and just do recruiting they're not making anything up they're just using a, a framework that's there to do what they want to do if that's not the way i want to do it it's not a problem but uh, I mean, I do think in any, this has nothing to do with EXP, but any any brokerage, lots of them have downline, you know, and trees. Uh, there's always going to be MLM type of spam in there. And that's just mm -hmm. the way that it is. It comes with building those type of organizations and you're going to take, you know, mostly the good. And I have plenty of friends who do downline the right way. You know, they're making seven figures in downline and they do it right. They find eight, they find new people, they bring them on and they help them make money. Uh, and I'm sure at some point we'll focus a little bit more on it. But like I said, most of my team's not in my downline, probably less than half. So mm -hmm. I'm just kind of an anomaly on what I want. I want to train agents to be great and to help them reach their goals. Um, and definitely EXP provides me the umbrella to do that and to feel free to grow my own brand and not feel compelled like at some of the big boxes who are just kind of like, you know, smashing their logos all over your stuff. You know, we're compliant mm -hmm. in our state, but, you know, I think ESP gives us a great uh, platform to be able to co-brand and that's what you want because, yeah, well that, so my team name is Streamline Properties on Market and whenever I say it in every YouTube video, it's always followed by brokered by EXP Realty. So, you know, I'm building my brand. I think people are going to find us as Streamline Properties on Market. Uh, and, you know, it's our job to use the brokerage as much or as little as possible to help us. And that mm -hmm. comes in all different forms, depending on who's coming to the table. Absolutely. And Jonathan, you know, we're coming up uh, probably on just a little over 25 minutes here. And I think it has been an awesome episode and um, really insightful to some of our boundaries that our fellow introverts can uh, be putting out for themselves here in real estate and still feel like they're really successful in a very people-centric industry. Um, and obviously with team building and, you know, different areas to focus on and EXP as a high production agent in general. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with as we wrap up today? No, I mean, I think I'd go back to what I said before. Real estate's a great career, but mm -hmm. what I always tell my team is there's too many real estate agents who treat it like a job you have to treat it like a business. If you treat it like a business, people are going to look at you as a business person. You don't mm -hmm. want people looking at you as someone who's just doing a job because why would someone want to spend 500,000, a million dollars on a house with somebody who's part-timing it and feels like part-time? You can be a part-time agent. You just have to be full-time in your part-time, but it's about commitment. If you want to be a real estate agent, be a real estate agent. You know, don't don't say it as like an offshoot, like it's not that cool. It's really cool. We get to go look at houses every day. You know, we get to help people build the first building, you know, building steps for their dream. When you hand over the keys for the first time, it's amazing. So I think there's, there's just there's so many. The, the bar to entry in real estate is low. We all know that anybody can become a real estate agent. 
not anybody can become a great real estate agent. That's reserved for less than 1% who not just do production, but actually truly care about their clients and build something uh, and then follow up with them and build relationships over the future, which again, turns into referrals. So I would just say that the last takeaway is if you're going to do it, treat it like a business, not a job. Everybody knows a job worker and they do not want to work with them on a major transaction. You're so right. You're a hundred percent right, Jonathan. And um, I love how you put that, you know, you can be high in production, but to actually care and to be excited and to really, you know, um, just indulge in those relationships that you have with these people, putting them in uh, their homes. It's just incredible. And, you know, it speaks a lot about your character as a real estate agent and a team leader and as an EXP agent. And thank you so, so much for your time today. It's been an awesome episode. Thanks, Gianna. I really appreciate it. Had a ton of fun, except for our couple blips there in the beginning where I, I disappeared know, and showed back up. It'll, I'm sure but you'll piece it together perfectly. My virtual assistants are pretty yeah. awesome at their job yeah. and they're <laughs> going to make it look perfect. Awesome. And, um, Jonathan, I guess I would say I'll see you at EXPCon, but I think the best way to be in your good graces is just to say hello and leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, I, they say I have to go, I guess, to get part of my award. So maybe I'll mm -hmm. go, maybe I won't. That's how much I don't like being at events. But it is a great uh, place for EXP agents mm -hmm. to meet others across the country. I think people forget that you have an open referral portal all over the country. Um, sure. And we, we do, last year we did 47 outbound referrals. Mm -hmm. So we're not playing around. You know, we like to refer agents everywhere. If they happen to be at EXP, great. But going to those big events is where you're going to meet the people that you, you know, look up to and you see in icon presentations. And you can just take little tidbits from what they do, uh, put them into your own business and get to work. Absolutely, Jonathan. Really well said. Thank you so, so much for your time today. And uh, I look forward to reconnecting with you soon. Thanks. Thanks, Jonathan. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right. See ya. Icon Podcast is hosted and sponsored by Spear Rocket Virtual Assistants, a leading provider for your virtual assistants and outsourcing needs. Owned by one of the top-ranking EXP agents, Justin Nelson. Spear Rocket VA provides a one-stop virtual staffing solution for business owners, and we specialize in helping business owners grow their business by leveraging through virtual assistants. Trusted by the top names in the real estate industry like Kyle Whistle, Andrew Franklin, John Kitchens, and many more. Get ready to up your success and we'll help you achieve your business goals. Book your free consultation at SpearRocketVA.com and find out how we can make your life easier.